dog barks when his master is attacked. I would be a coward if I saw that God's truth is attacked and yet would remain silent. John Calvin. Telling a woman that she can't be an elder is a nonsense rule. If they claim to be in the body, we let them have it. Donald Trump is going to win in 2020 by an absolute landslide. Heretics Christianizing the American dream. I said that you, uh, that, that many LDS folks and I uh, love the same Jesus. Uh, I still believe that. Sawing is a blessing from God to make you rich. Treating Jesus like a lottery ticket. The Lord spoke to my heart. Been very few times I've ever heard God be this articulate with me. And I'm telling you word for word, these words came into my heart. I'm not asking you this. I'm asking you to brush your hair. We'll do sharply. That's what God commanded. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to The Master's Dog, episode 147. I'm your host, Norm, The Master's Dog Dunham, a.k.a. The Evangelical Norm. So The Master's Dog is a podcast I do where I deal with those who attack God's truth. As the John Calvin quote at the beginning of the introduction video says, when God's truth is attacked, I bark. I refuse to remain silent. And so this started out as a podcast just responding to the LDS podcast, uh, formerly called Three Mormons, but Saints Unscripted, they, they changed it to Saints Unscripted when they were not supposed to be called Mormons anymore. They created a, a segment called Faith and Beliefs, where they started out talking about the articles of faith. And so I wanted to respond to those and show how those articles of faith did not line up with Orthodox Christianity. And then after they finished, they continued on. So I committed to respond to every single one of the episodes of Faith and Beliefs that they did and, you know, respond to it from a Christian worldview, uh, which I have pretty much. There's been a couple where I actually haven't played the whole video and just given kind of an overview and what my response is because they're basically worthless. But for the most part, I have done a video response to every one of those episodes some point in time, I decided I wasn't just going to respond to the Mormons, and I wanted to respond to other things, guys like Stephen Furtick, Joel Osteen, and so on. That's when it became the master's dog, changed things up a little bit, added a really long introduction video, which has since been revamped and shortened and so on. Uh, and here we are today. Uh, also, the False Teacher of the Week uh, segment of this podcast came out of that introduction video, and you can find those on YouTube as well. So that's all for the new people who are here, new subscribers, continue to get more and more. It's because of you guys who like the video, share the video, and comment on the video. You would be amazed at how much just your comments will make algorithm send the video out to more and more people who uh, would like to see it. And I've been, yes, I've been calling him algorithm long before the movie was. I'm not stealing anything from Space Jam. That was my gig long before they made that movie. So all that being said, I won't ask you to like the video yet because you haven't seen the video yet, but you could subscribe if you haven't already. Hit the subscribe button, notification bell, get all the content I release here on the Evangelical Norm channel on YouTube. So um, the Saints Unscripted took about a month and a half off. They uh, were changing up their scenery and their sets and introduction videos and so on. So we've got a whole new look and everything, but they're back. And so David is... And it's interesting because this video seems to be more geared towards just specifically Mormons and not investigators and, and people who are interested. It's, it, it almost feels like it's geared more towards Mormons and, and a, 
so it might be a little different than what we're used to, but I'm still going to respond to it. I used to be a Mormon, so I, I get to jump in there. So all that being said, here is our friend David Snell from Saints Unscripted, and he's going to tell us that we're doing it wrong. Hey everyone, so I grew up in hey everyone, so I grew up in a small town where as a Latter-day Saint I was very much so part of a religious minority. Sometimes I worried that my non-Latter-day Saint friends might ask me a question or challenge my beliefs in some way and I wouldn't know how to respond. I was afraid I'd be embarrassed or that I wouldn't be able to represent my faith adequately. Dishonor on your whole family. Make a note of this. Dishonor on you. Dishonor on your cow. Some of you might feel that same anxiety sometimes. So today I just wanted to toss around a few principles that I hope help you as these opportunities to share the gospel arise. Roll the new intro video. Okay, so before they get to the new intro video again, this is it, it, a lot of these have been, here's history, here's doctrine, here's theology of, from a Mormon standpoint. This is, is almost an apologetics kind of, of gear um, or at like an LDS evangelism kind of uh, vibe. So we'll see how it goes. Um, yeah, new intro video. Let's see how they did. All right, so fielding questions about your... Okay, real quick, short. I like the new intro. Uh, well done, uh, fellas. And um, yeah, so just very, very short. <laughs> Not as short. Mine are, mine are much longer, but okay. Faith can be daunting because people today are very concerned about being right. Everyone wants to be confident that everything on their list of beliefs is correct. And oftentimes that leads to confrontation and arguments, debates, anger, and injured relationships as people who disagree defend their list of beliefs. He's not a doll. He's an action figure. There's a difference. You've seen it in comment sections where civility melts away and is replaced with vitriol. The internet is full of heated head-to-head -head debates, preachers ambushing strangers on the street, sticking a camera in their face and cross-examining them about their beliefs. And you don't even know what books are in the bible as if okay let's address this this is kind of an unfair statement because i i'm pretty sure one of those i mean they blurred out the faces but i'm pretty sure one of those was jeff durbin um you know and other guys that, that are out doing this we're not ambushing people on the street we are out there we ask people if they like to talk it's not like we're just running up to people and going hey you answer this question kind of thing right we're just we go out we hey would you like to have a conversation we're recording this you most of the time they're made aware of the camera before the the conversation starts the cameras are there basically to hold us accountable to help us to go back and look what did we say what did we not say how can we improve um, to put out for other people who can watch and learn how to do this same kind of thing. This is not an ambush, and it's not a public humiliation thing uh, to, to put people on the Internet to publicly humiliate them by proving them to be wrong. This is the uh, opportunity to share God's truth and to use it as a teaching tool and an accountability tool. Publicly humiliating them is the best and most caring way to help them see things from their perspective. What I want to do is give you an alternate route that might make talking about your faith a little easier. Instead of prioritizing being right, prioritize loving the other person. The hippies finally got something right. <laughs> Just kidding. 
but not really. Don't get me wrong, it is important to defend your beliefs as best you can, but the way you defend your beliefs is crucial and reveals something important about who you are to both other people and to God. In John 13, Christ said, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another, as I have loved you. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples. It's good to defend truth, but not at the expense of discipleship. In other okay, to use Peter cutting off Malchus's ear as uh, good to defend truth, I mean, okay. Here's the deal. Um, yes, it is important to defend your beliefs, and I think it is important to be accurate. Um, it's not as much of a concern with being right, um, which is, I mean, it is a, a desire. I want my, I want to make sure that what Christ talks about and the things that I'm supposed to be doing according to the Bible are accurate, you know, and the fact that who the Bible describes as Christ and those things are, even more so are important. The person and nature of Christ, the person, the person and nature of God, the person in, or the, the nature of salvation these things are very important because if you have them wrong, then you don't have truth and you are not saved. So again, in order to love my Mormon neighbor, and, and again, this quote from Jesus, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another. By this they shall know that you are my disciples, that you love one another. He's talking to believers and believers. So again, there is a... a, a line of demarcation among orthodox christianity of what we look at the bible and say this is orthodox presbyterians baptists methodists lutherans so on as long as they fall under those auspices of the essential now again well there's a lot of methodist groups and a lot of lutheran groups and so on presbyterians that have gone off the reservation and gone outside of orthodoxy that we break fellowship with and we would not consider them disciples and loving them in the same way that i love my believing brothers is a different thing and that is not what jesus is talking about when those who attack again attacking god's truth we should bark when you give a counterfeit christ a counterfeit gospel when you are leading people into sin and not towards repentance and faith in Christ, then you need to be, Paul says, mark those that cause division. You know, we're going to get into, he's going to get into some doctrine and covenants and stuff about don't be contentious and so on. Jude tells us, earnestly contend for the faith. We should be contending for the truth. So we'll get into that, but we'll let him continue. In other words, you can defend a correct principle in an unrighteous way. And when you do that, do you think the Holy Ghost is going to be there to touch the heart of the person you're talking to? They called me a madman. I don't think so. Well, the Holy Spirit is going to do what the Holy Spirit does because that's what his job is. And so again, making the ability of the Holy Spirit to do any form of regeneration or whatever based on the way that we argue you're again you're limiting your god which mormons do and so that it's not a surprise that they would limit the ability of the holy spirit much like the prosperity gospel people do 
you know, God can't act unless you let him act. No, God is going to act whether or not I'm right, wrong, obtuse, or otherwise. Right? God is going to do what God is going to do. And he's either going to use me as a uh, prophetic voice speaking truth into uh, the lives of someone who is deceived, or he's going to use me as a talking ass, and he's going to get, attain his goal either way. So, being a disciple of Christ is more important than being the smartest person in the room. In 3 Nephi 11, Christ teaches the Nephites, and there shall be no disputations among you concerning the points of my doctrine, as there have hitherto been. For verily, verily, I say unto you, he that hath the spirit of contention is not of me, but is of the devil, who is the father of contention. And he stirreth up the hearts of men to contend with anger one with another. Behold, this is not my doctrine, to stir up the hearts of men with anger one against another. But this is my doctrine, that such things should be done away. Okay, so again, here is Joseph Smith putting into an ancient book his ideas for the day people have been coming to smith you know as as he's doing these translations and they're hearing about this and that and talking about whatever and so now he's going to go he's going to put i mean he is literally counterfeiting uh, giving a counterfeit christ and putting counterfeit words into scripture scripture right based upon what he wants people to do this is all joseph smith being controlling in his way it's the same way that when when it was time to, to you know wanted to do polygamy he gave the revelation from god that my sister uh uh emma however it was referred to could be destroyed if she did not allow joseph smith to have multiple wives that's what this is i mean we have scripture actual scripture biblical scripture that says we earnestly contend for the faith paul says mark those that cause division you know, those who are blaspheming God's truth, we should be angry. I should be angry with the fact that the Mormon church lied to me for the majority of my life. I should be angry that they are presenting a false Christ and a false gospel and leading people on a road to damnation, not to salvation. That should make us angry, and it should cause us to contend earnestly for the faith that God has given to us. When we defend truth with a spirit of contention and anger, we're doing it wrong. Even if you win the argument, you lose. What did it cost? Everything. Doctrine and Covenants 121 adds, No power or influence can or ought to be maintained by virtue of the priesthood, or by anyone, I might add, only by persuasion, by long-suffering, by gentleness and meekness, and by love unfeigned, by kindness and pure knowledge which shall greatly enlarge the soul without hypocrisy and without guile, reproving betimes with sharpness when moved upon by the Holy Ghost, and then showing forth afterwards an increase of love toward him whom thou hast reproved, lest he esteem thee to be his enemy. Let thy bowels also be full of charity, or the pure love of Christ, towards all men and to the household of faith and let virtue garnish thy thoughts unceasingly. Then shall thy confidence wax strong in the presence of God. Now, Jesus was known... Okay, so real quick, let's address that. Um, those who oppose God's truth are enemies of the cross. 
And so for me to to present the the truth about Mormonism and the teachings, I'm okay with them looking at me and considering me their enemy because they are deceived by the enemy into a false religion that is leading them to hell, and I'm going to make that very clear. Now, again, how, how, what is it? I mean, this is almost like a St. Francis of Assisi, which is not him, by the way, which he never said or never did any of those things. Um, that said the things that they say he said, preach the gospel at all times, if necessary, use words or whatever. I mean, that's not him, and it's not an accurate, and it's not biblical. You know, we are called to use words when we preach the gospel. It's the only way we can actually preach the gospel. You know, because again, if we're trying to just go based on like lifestyle or whatever, Mormons are just as uh, moral as, as Christians are. So we can't look at people's lifestyles. We have to look at the words they say and do they line up with scripture for sometimes reproving with an extra dose of sharpness. But just because Jesus turned over the tables of the money changers does not mean that anything goes when you're defending your faith. Christ is the eternal judge of all mankind. By way of analogy, there are some things a judge is empowered to do and say in a courtroom that nobody else has the jurisdiction to do. For example, Christ taught, I the Lord will forgive whom I will forgive but of you it is required to forgive all men. Things like vengeance and judgment belong to the Lord. Our role is different. If sharp reproval is needed, as per DNC 121, it has to be done under the influence of the Spirit of God, not under the influence of a spirit of self-righteous condescension or contention. Too often, people both out- But again, now you're contradicting what the Bible tells us to do. We are called to rebuke. We are to use the word of God to rebuke. That's not just a judge's right. That is everyone who is considers themselves to be a believer. We, we preach truth. We teach truth and we, we rebuke when we have to. That's what scripture is there for, to correct, to rebuke, um, and to teach. Outside and inside the church, use Christ as a shield to justify belittling others. We need to stop. Stop it. Get some help. Now, please don't misunderstand. Being charitable towards others does not mean being a pushover or a people pleaser. No, no, be assertive. It doesn't mean you need to let people walk all over you. It doesn't mean that you can't openly disagree with people. And it doesn't mean you can't be bold. Remember what Alma taught his son Shiblon. And now, as ye have begun to teach the word, see that ye do not boast in your own wisdom. Use boldness but not overbearance, and also see that ye bridle all your passions, that ye may be filled with love. Having charity isn't about avoiding tough conversations. It's about how you conduct yourself in the midst of those conversations, especially when the other person is not behaving charitably towards you. 1 Corinthians 13 teaches that charity suffereth long and is kind, charity envieth not, charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil. When you're in comment sections on social media, are you easily provoked? Do you behave in an unseemly way? Are you unkind? If so, change. Repent! And thou shalt be saved.
And that goes for me as well. We need to remember that the core of discipleship is not about scoring well on some divine theology quiz, nor is it about correcting someone else's quiz. It's about love, mercy, and patience. At some point, somebody is going to ask you a question that you don't have an answer for. If your focus is on being right and winning the debate, it's easy to become defensive and hostile. But if your focus is on discipleship and loving others, it's a whole lot easier to just say, that's a good question. I don't know the answer off the top of my head, but I'd be happy to study it out and get back to you. There's so much more that could be said on this subject, but we'll end here. I hope these principles help you as you talk about faith and religion with friends and family. Check out some of our other videos while you're here, and have a great day. There is a lot more to be said, and so we're going to say what we can, and then we're going to wrap it up. So, again, what does it look like to be lovey? What does it look like to, to love your neighbor? Well, I mean... Again, using different analogies that people have used. If, if my neighbor is inside of a, um, well, no, I won't use the burning building analogy. If my neighbor is, has got headphones on, listening to music, and is walking towards the edge of a cliff, right? And you're shouting, hey, hey, you're going walking towards the cliff, and they can't hear you. Well, tackling somebody is not regularly seen as loving, but in this case, it would be the most loving thing you could do is run and tackle that person so they don't walk off the cliff. This is the situation that we find ourselves in. Okay? It's one thing, discipleship and so on. Yeah, we, we, we are to create disciples. I hear this all the time. But the reality is, the truth is, that we, uh, in creating disciples, if you're not showing people what is true and orthodox, in Christianity, you're not creating a disciple of Christ. You're create you're discipling somebody into the kingdom of hell, is what you're doing. If you're not willing to point out, these are the things that the Bible says about who Jesus is. Jesus is the creator of all things, not a created being. He is is part of the triune God, not one of multiple gods. He is not the spirit child of any relationship between Elohim and a spirit wife and not the brother of Lucifer. He is God incarnate, God in the flesh, the creator of all things. John 1, 1 through 18 breaks all that stuff down. We have to make people know that because, again, you may come and repent and not have any idea about who Jesus is, but as you start formulating an idea about who Christ is and you're formulating an idea into a false Christ, then salvation is not there. If you don't have the Son, you don't have the Father, right? You don't have it. If you don't have the truth, salvation is lost. It's a wide gate that many people find that leads to destruction, a narrow gate that leads to truth and salvation. And so we have to be, the most loving thing we can do is tell people, and telling people that they're wrong, walking up to Mormons or Jehovah's Witnesses or Muslims or Wiccans or any of those other people on the street and explaining to them how their beliefs are wrong and leading them to damnation is not unloving, it's not belittling, it's not any of those things. It's the best thing that we can do and the most important thing that we can do. And then you do what I do. I, the, I'm likely to the very first conversations I'm going to have with anybody is going to be about the gospel. I'm going to share the gospel, who Christ is, what he did for them, how they can be saved. And then at that point, if the ball's in their court, and if the conversation comes up or whatever, we'll do it again. But at that point, then I can just be loving and we can, you know, hang out and be friends and do whatever. 
You know, if somebody doesn't get saved on our immediate first evangelistic encounter with each other, it doesn't mean that I'm not going to like them and not going to be their friend. But I'm not going to be do the friendship evangelism thing and work my way into and then get to the point where I don't want to offend them with the truth because that's what happens. And so we have to be bold. We have to be courageous. And sometimes, yes, we have to bark. When, it, when a false Christ is being presented, we should be angry. And we should let that anger stir us up to evangelism and, and telling people who Jesus really is. And that's how we do it right. And then we can be friends. So there you go, guys. Thank you for taking the time out to watch, to listen, to uh, now you can like the video if you like it. Share it with your friends if you think it's helpful. Um, again, subscribe, hit the notification button, get all the stuff that is going on here. Got Hopefully in the next couple of days, I'm going to get an, an unsolicited episode out. I've got like three songs that I are three, two videos and an album I want to review. So hopefully get to that either later to late tonight or tomorrow uh, sometime. But um, thank you again for taking the time to watch. I hope you found it helpful. As always, preach the gospel at all times. Use words. Because they are absolutely necessary. And until next time, Soli Deo Gloria.